to LFC Talk at Hotel Tia. We have um, reached June. We've left behind a season which we are about to sum up today with two uh, incredible servants from Liverpool Football Club's history. We're talking about the mighty fine Sammy Lee. Good morning, Sammy. Good morning, Riley, and all your listeners. Good morning, folks. And, of course, as always, the great David Faircliffe. How are you today, David? Yeah, I'm good, Ragnald. Thanks very much. Yeah, always uh, always a joy. And, as you say, now that we've entered a little bit of summertime, very pleasant. Flaming June, isn't it? Flaming, Flaming June. June. Wow. Flaming and raining, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as they yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, we um, uh, are going to have quite a few uh, fun musical experiences in uh, Anfield over the next few days, but we are looking back. We're looking back at the season, what a season it has been, and yet we feel maybe a little bit flat, but don't you worry, we will bring you back to happiness while we talk about some of the glittering moments of the season we just left behind us. Sammy, um, we need to start with the Champions League final. We played for four trophies to the bitter end, which was an incredible sensation as fans and ex-players, wasn't it? Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. I think it was marred and overshadowed by the events of the of the of what was going on outside the ground, sadly, and all the subsequent reports you hear and accounts that you hear that it was a very, very uh, frightening life for a lot of people. Um, and I think that seemed to transmit itself to the game because there seemed to be a flat atmosphere in and around the place at the time. And I think everybody was aware that there was something untoward that which had gone on. And I think it was only because of the fantastic behaviour of the Liverpool supporters that it, it wasn't a tragic situation on the evening. Um, but, I mean, that, that, that's events outside the park, you know. But I think on the park, I think, again, <laughs> quite tragically, we got beat. But it's, it's quite strange. I don't know whether you felt the same, Dave. I felt after about half an hour, I felt we could have been there for two hours and wouldn't have scored a goal against him. You know, the, the keeper had one of those nights where he, he was fantastic. And I said to my lad, as well, I just said, I could smell it. You could smell that it was just wasn't going to be our night. And I don't like saying that because football you know, has a habit of um, surprising you. Um, but honestly, I, I just felt on the night that we could have been there all day, all night, and all the next day, and I think we scored, we'd have scored a goal. David, how mm. is that? I mean, we've scored the record amount of goals this season, 148 goals, never happened before. And yet, we haven't been able to score in three finals. What's that yeah. all about? Very strange, isn't it? Um, very, uh, is it a coincidence? Um, certainly, against Madrid, we looked tired. Uh, I, th- I thought maybe more in the mind than, than you know, actually in the... Uh, you know, a bit ability because I, I think in, in in finals. I mean, you 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 look forward to finals so much mm-hmm. that when you get there, I mean, you are you know you really uh, you, you want to give it your all and you want to enjoy it. But I thought we were looked a little bit tired of ideas. Um, we never really got to grips with the game. And as Sammy said, I think um, we could have we could have been playing for for quite a while on on the night. It, it just wasn't it just wasn't going to happen. Certainly when they scored, I thought. I couldn't really see us coming back. I really, really, the best will in the world. I just, yeah. I just couldn't see us happening. And, um, I think, I think in some ways it's, it's easy to say, I suppose, but um, I think their name was on the cup. I think the way they got through the, the games with Chelsea, Man City, and PSG, and ourselves. It just seems that it was it was meant to be for Real Madrid this year. Well, um, I think he should be given a lot of credit, to be honest yeah. with Dave. I think, and particularly Carlo Ancelotti, who I, I respect hugely as a coach. 
and um, I just feel the, their game plan seemed to be right. It wasn't the normal Galacticos Real Madrid, you know, it was, a, it was a pragmatic Real Madrid, if you like, you know, they, they, they sat deep, they waited on counter-attack, and, and I have to say to you, you have to give them all credit, you know, because as Dave alluded to before, you know, it was the, 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 the route to the actual final was arduous for them, you know, it was perilous for them, yet they seemed to find a way. I had an interview with, with a Spanish journalist, and um, as always, the, the, the headline doesn't give the full context of the, of the, the piece, but the headline was is that they know how to win. And that's what the, ultimately I said to them, is that basically, don't, don't discount this Real Madrid. Don't discount them at all. This is pre, prior to the game, because, the, you know, it's Real Madrid, particularly in the Champions League, they know how to win. And they found a way out to win, and as Davey said, in the lead-up to it, against Man City, against Chelsea, and again against us. So, mm. I, you know, I, it wasn't a surprise, but it was a disappointment nonetheless. I think, I think it's something that the previous Liverpool teams have had, that knack to win. Um, you know, wasn't always glory in, in the days. We're looking at some images now of, of Liverpool in the 70s there. Um, you never always finished sort of like flying over the line. Sometimes you limped over the line a little bit, but it was just that knack of winning games, you know, mm. played in a number of, of situations where it looked really, really tricky. Um, and, Real, and Real Madrid were better prepared for, for Liverpool. They, they knew the type of uh, opponent they were coming up against. They planned really well. Um, Ancelotti does seem to have the number over us in, in whatever team he manages, which, which is quite amazing, really. And the fact that um, when, you, when you see after the game that... Uh, Vinicius scores a goal pretty much identical to the goal that he scores in the game in training in the, day training before. the day before. Yeah. You yeah. just knew that yeah. they were so better prepared than than, than we were, and they they had an idea that the weak the weak spots in our in our setup. Um, I think it helped them as well the fact that they won the league three weeks. Um, before the, you know, the Champions League final, they have a little bit of a gap there to rest. Yeah, very much so, and 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 I, th and I think they did look uh, they did look like as if they'd prepared you know one or two, who in maybe around the semi final games, Modric and and Cruz never really featured as much. I think they looked tired and and what have you. Um, by the time of the final, that they they looked like they were uh, you know. Fully recharged, and um, I don't. I don't like disagreeing with you, but, but what I will say to you: sometimes that can work against you as well when you have a three-week break. Mm -hmm. It can, and again, as we said before, you know, apart from the keeper making a few, you know, fantastic saves, it could have been all different. And now we're talking about them being better prepared. I think the game plan worked for sure, for sure. But Liverpool had a good game plan, and we had plenty of chances. And again, you know, the man of the match was their goalkeeper, so that tells you a lot, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't that. I thought, I thought it was difficult to to pick a man of the match, really, in in some ways for them because. Uh, I mean, the back line looked vulnerable in in in, the, in some yeah. of the games leading up to the final. Yet in the final, they were they were solid. Militao, uh, who I had a few question marks over, I couldn't believe how how you know how uh, how well Carvajal played as uh, yeah. as fullbacks. They, they were they, they were yeah. really really solid. And I have to say, um, I mean, they were still playing games, but they weren't playing. They, they weren't having to, you know, break their neck they to win games. Stretch, they'd, yeah, won the, yeah. they'd won, they'd won, they'd won the league, yeah. and I, and I think that certainly worked. I would say it worked, it worked to their benefits, but it was, it was disappointing. As Sammy said earlier, um, the atmosphere was never 
what we we anticipated, what we no, anticipated, or what we experienced. You no, know, we were standing outside for yeah. hours, and they yeah. just wouldn't let us in. Oh, so yeah. I was on one of those gates they shot, and it was mm. so frustrating mm. uh, how you stand there with your son and you feel like you've won the golden ticket getting there because it was so hard to get a yeah, ticket. Yeah. You know, my daughter didn't get one. She mm. was she was waiting in the hotel. Thank goodness because of what have happened after the game, which was the most frightening thing I've ever experienced mm. with football, being attacked by the mobs. Uh, but uh, well, you know, that, that, you, you did, we didn't get the chance to come in and, and sing mm. one single song. Uh, mm. We were there 20 minutes after the mm. original kickoff mm -hmm. because we just managed to sneak in a different gate, mm. no control mm. whatsoever. Um, and then, uh, you know, you didn't get that sort of togetherness where we were yeah. all singing and sort of really warming up. Yeah. Well, I think the right was on the wall, right, Neil, as well. Yeah. You know I mean, the Liverpool team bus arrived late because mm. of all the traffic problems. And I have to say to you, the whole, the whole scenario just didn't seem right at all. No. Yeah, I think I think people feared the worst. I, I think I think you're I think you're, you're partly right. I think that the fact that I mean I was I was fortunate. I was in I got onto the ground, uh, very much in good time, um, and wasn't aware of, of any problems because I, my my entrance into the ground was 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 went with any without any hassle but um and it wasn't a privileged position either it was only with the with only with all the guys uh, um but i did think that what you said before i think people thought something had gone on because the atmosphere just mm. didn't get going yeah. all through you, you you i think people were still a bit concerned about hadn't seen their mates yet mm. you know um not everybody was sort of just coming in nobody really really got settled and i think that was kind of you know not that I, I was there for Heisel, but to a certain degree, sometimes the games you think to yourself, you know what, this game's not going to get started. You know, this, this, the game's not going to get going in quite the way we we expected because of, 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 of other events. Yeah, the 12th man definitely was too shocked yeah. and annoyed and angry and frustrated and some had even been taking their valid tickets away uh, and, and the guys outside claiming they were false. It was just a mess. But talking about Real Madrid winning the league before we got there. We will talk about the league after this, but um, winners create winners. We've been talking about this in podcasts before, and I can't help thinking that that one little goal that sort of stole the, the, the league away from us, that flatness came right into that final. If we had won, if Stevie and Villa had managed to hold on with a draw, which was a miraculous thing, you know, it was magical, but we'll come back to that. But if if we had won the league, I think we would have won the Champions League. No, I, I agree, too. I agree, because momentum would have took us over that line. And you're going further back, to be honest, for Neil, when um, the Man City debacle, when that game against Everton, when mm. it really should have been a penalty, and it wasn't given, you can go all the way back to that, because that was a, a game changer as well, and that was a, a season changer, and we all are back to that. And I, I agree totally, I think, if we'd have just got over the line, because I think going into that last game, I think people thought City would have won handsomely, we thought we'd have won. But when it got to the situation where you know suddenly Villa were turning up, and you think, wow, and it's had that taken away from me. It was it was a massive, massive psychological blow. I agree with you totally. Mm. And I think if we'd have got over the line, then I think then the momentum would have took us over the line against uh, against Madrid. I really do. We'd continue scoring that second goal. It was like written in the stars. It was like scripted, like mm -hmm. a perfect scenario of finally, you know, payback time. Finally, the fans were going to celebrate the league uh, with the team and. 
Oh, but I have to say to you again, as you alluded to at the start, it's been a magnificent season, right? Now. I and I have to say to you, Liverpool did all they could in the in the final game by winning. That's all, you know, obviously we fell a little bit short, as we just spoke about in, in the Champions League final. But I think, as you so rightly said, we were involved right up until the last kick of, of of the season in every competition. And that this 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 squad of players, this backroom staff led by a fantastic manager, should be applauded, applauded for what they've done. They've broken so many records this season. One thing is the most goal scores, the most games ever played in a season. <laughs> you know, uh, Van Dijk has got that. Um, the longest run, you know, without being beat at Anfield in Premier League era. There's a lot, you could go on and on and on about all these incredible groundbreaking facts that they sort of mm. uh, blew this season, which, which says it all. But then I have to go back to uh, the Cups, uh, because before Klopp hasn't been really keen to, to give it all in the FA Cup and the League Cup, and that has resulted in incredible Champions League and League wins. Um, was it, yes, it gave us two cups, which was amazing, but giving it his all in, in the national cups as well, was that what took away the league and, and the Champions League from us because we were that tired? I don't think so. No? No. I don't think no. so. I really don't, honestly. I think we, we can't on one hand applaud them for being involved in every competition right until the final kick and then blame or, or put the blame on the other competitions for that. And I, I honestly don't think so. Because as I just said, you know, if the result goes all right, they'll against City and then we win our last game. I guarantee you, as David alluded to before, we wouldn't have felt tired going into Madrid, the Madrid game if people thought we were tired. I thought, I think momentum would have took us over. You can only win what's in front of you. And I, I have to say to you, I don't, I don't think in retrospect we can, we can blame success in the other two cups for failure in the league, if that's what you want to call it. I don't think it was failure. No. I really don't. And it was just, just very, very... just. Finished a little bit short, but I, to repeat, I don't think we can blame success in, in the other competitions for failure in the other two competitions. I don't, anyway. I think the squad has been a major benefit this year, and that, and that has allowed us to compete on all fronts. Whereas in the past, maybe League Cup hasn't been seen as a well, it hasn't been a priority. But um, we were at least able to, to sort of to put decent sides out, and um, the squad's never been stronger under, under Jurgen's uh, mm. leadership. So, so that's been a, be a benefit. But, but the end, maybe where the squad uh, had helped us previously, getting those injuries to Fabinho and Thiago, uh, Firmino being out for su such a long time, we completely lost his, seemed to have lost his edge. But uh, it was worrying, I think, that Thiago and Fabinho w w were injured and only fit at the, at the, last, at the last minute. Um, and even the injury to, to, to Van Dijk, you know, we had those couple of question marks hanging over us um, going into the final. And they're the things you, you perhaps don't you know, want, want sort of to, to be the case. You know, you, you want to be going in and hopefully having all sort of, you know, everybody fitting fitting well but uh, it was as, as Sammy uh, said I mean it was a fantastic season um, to, to play all the games that you could possibly play in a season <laughs> to keep all the, the sort of the balls in the air for, for one reason or another you know to the, to the last minutes fit, last 15 minutes of the league season last minutes of the, yeah. of the Champions League uh, yeah it's an incredible achievement so 
uh, I'm sure they'll be they'll be looking forward to having had a, a bit of a rest because uh, it was so intense all yeah. the way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah, psychological thriller to the bitter end. And I have to say, uh, I'm not knocking the cops, uh, by the way, because the two trips to Wembley, terrific, they were amazing. Terrific. Some of my yeah. best days yeah. this this, yeah. this last mm-hmm. year. Terrific. You know, it was thrilling. It was yeah. fun. It was, and, and Wembley creates a great atmosphere. Well, I think Liverpool fans at Wembley. Create yeah. a big atmosphere, exactly. atmosphere. I really do, and it's like a, like a fantastic day out. And I was about to allude to that, to be honest with you, Neil. That if anyone had any doubts over what, what joy you get out of winning cups, just go to both of them yeah. and see the, the, the joy on the, on the fans' faces. Terrific, terrific. And again, I repeat, I don't think we can use that because I just think it's been a fantastic season. I think them fans who, who were able to get into Wembley on both occasions. I think they they, you know, they wouldn't change a thing. I don't. I don't think anyway. I think I think sometimes you you tempted to say, and we 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 wouldn't probably say that because we've grown up with the the importance of uh, of certainly the FA Cup and then latterly the the League Cup or whatever you want to call it, the Carabao Cup now. Um, but um, sometimes you go through a season. Well, not really bothered because it's only the little cup or one thing or that. But that day at Wembley as well is worth it. All the, uh, Dave, you the know, everything back, that back, you go through. Back in the day, exactly. When, when, when Liverpool won that, that four on the trot, the league, the league cup, the Mill Cup, as it was then, that gave, that is quite strange because that gave you, um, if you like chance to get into Europe that gave you qualification mm-hmm. for Europe so Liverpool quite often kicked off kicked on from there because that was always done in March mm-hmm. so then sometimes we were strolling in the league but we kicked on from there and never never lost a game I think in 81 I think something like that mm-hmm. so I think it, it has its part to play and believe you me you winning any final at Wembley in front of them fans mm-hmm. terrific I mean some, day, some days when you, you've seen well when the the you know, the, the Carabao Cup final has been on the television and you're not in it. You think, oh, God, I'd love to be at Wembley on, you know, yeah. today rather than sitting on yeah, the couch yeah, and, yeah. and watching two two random teams playing it out. Um, so the the joy you get of going down to Wembley, mm. the, the fun, I mean, the laughs we, we had this season travelling down, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're great, great days. Fun, you know, meeting up with people in, in the service station and all those, yeah. all those type of things. They all go to being part of a making up a, me- a really memorable season and um, you know the uh, sort of the long route the long trips back home sort of pale into yeah. the uh, in, in, into the background you think of all the fun it was getting to Wembley and, and, and seeing everybody there excitement is, is unbeatable and hopefully we do it again next year and when you come into Wembley and you see all the Liverpool flags you just see so much supporter history on one end of the stadium hmm. you know you have flags from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, you know, current ones, banter ones, mm. hilarious ones, yeah, yeah. moving, touching ones. And then you look to the the other end and there are just a few plastic flags. Yeah, that's right. Something yeah. about that to just makes you so proud, you know, it just says so much about the setup in Wembley yeah. like that, you know, when you move to, to the Anvil South or whatever we would like to mm-hmm, call it. Mm-hmm. You can just tell, you know, it's core, proper... Um, Love and support over so many. Well, I think decades. I think as you say, I think our, and again at the risk of criticising opposition. I think I think when you look at ours, our flags are genuine. You look at the other, and sometimes they, have, they must put a plastic flag on each of the seats, and, and it doesn't seem the same. No. It doesn't have the same effect as ours, which are full, which are true, which are honest. I mean, fantastic one that came out towards the end of the series, like was it? Imagine being us. Yeah. I'm thinking, wow, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. What, what humour that is, you know, what a comment that is on a flag. 
So it's fantastic. And, and that, that's it. You know, we, 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 we pour our emotions into our banners, mm. you know, not, not, not plastic ones that, that someone puts on a, on a seat that you can all wave and give it all that. No, ours are, ours are genuine. Yeah. When, when I just needed to ask you this, though. Um, did you read the banners when you were players? Did you sometimes have a laugh and, and look up and then appreciate them, or were they just a, a, a part of the colour? Uh, I think... Um, I don't, there were, don't think there was quite as many that were, that were um, really did, uh, signify a, a particular person or whatever. I think we had a lot of reds and whites, a lot of liver birds and all those types of things. Occasionally, I remember being, playing the uh, 78 uh, European final and, and finally seeing a banner with my name on it. It was a, it was a big, big thrill. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I think in the, in, in the older days, I don't I think there was as much, quite an ingenuity. Certainly the... Uh, you know, Joey at the frog's legs, That's and right, yeah. uh, I mean yeah, yeah. that that really caused everybody's imagination because that was ingenious at the time, um, and I think we've we've gone on from there. I think that was maybe a forerunner of, you know, of expression, yeah. humour, you know, Visual. of uh, yeah, of, of of sort of like being. Um, uh, what's the word? Visionary yeah, uh, yeah. and all that, and and and, and so that, and looking back to our great history, you know, as a, as, a, as a football club. Um, but we, I don't think, I don't think you have many memories. No, uh, as you uh, said, it was, you know, I think it was the forerunner you did, Joey F. Frog Legs. That, that was the, it seemed to be the starter. That's the one that stands out to me. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, you yeah. mentioned it. That's the one that really stands out to me. Really, it was because there was irony in that, wasn't yeah. there as well? You know, there was humour in it. And I think, they, as you said, I think they progressed from that. From yeah. There was one which alluded to um, even latterly in the recent games where something about um, so many games you've made us skint. Something yes, like that. You know, I think, wow, yeah. the, the humour in there, yeah. you know, yeah. and the honesty in there, you know, because that, that's exactly what it is. Because mm. we said at the start of the show, you know, the fact that being involved in every game possible that could have been played, and it's, 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 it's a costly business following Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why that's what the, the, the flag alluded to. And I thought, wow, brilliant. Mm. Somebody sent me, uh, somebody sent me one of these memes and uh, of, a, of a flag, and I thought, you know, um, Where's it come from, kind of thing. But then I saw it um, down by, uh, uh, if anyone knows Costco in Liverpool, and I was going just driving down there, and there's this banner hanging out of the window, sort of, and it, it sort of made Reverend, uh, it, it related back to one of the old banners, which was, here we go gathering cups in May, which was obviously, that was, that was a, a phrase of our time. Uh, but on the bottom it said... Um, uh, and in June we're sorting out divorces <laughs> so I wonder and, and that was hanging out of a bedroom big head, so it was, it was an actual banner that existed uh, sorting out divorces in June so I think I think it has been an expensive time for, uh, for people I mean I mean you had to bite the bullet if you went to Paris because some of the some of the costs were were eye-watering weren't they um, Obviously. Yeah, Obviously. ridiculous. Yeah, and then uh, when you add two nights in in Disneyland afterwards, it's not getting oh. any cheaper, mm. is it? But no. it was it, that was worth it, by the way. Uh, and and talking about Paris and banners, I love the one uh, I saw where it says, um, "I'm in love with him and Eiffel fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reference to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, it. yeah. Um, David and I, we've already on the podcast talked about our favourite uh, moments of this season. What was your, or your, where your favourite moments? It's been a number, to be honest. Yeah. It's difficult for me to, to pinpoint one, 
But again, I have to say to you, and it'll go, it'll go back to the Caribou Cup final, to be honest with you. And truthfully, to be able to go there with friends of mine, and I haven't been for quite some time, you know, as, as a Liverpool fan for a number of reasons. Um, but to go there, and again, because don't forget, we've had this pay for two and a half years where, you know, people haven't been able to do that. And I think I think we, it was an expression of relief and joy in, in everybody on, on you know within the stadium, but certainly at the Liverpool end, and then to actually get the silverware, which is what it's all about, and and the way they they, they, they sang the songs and the way they, you know they, they enjoyed the occasion, I just thought it was it was terrific. And there has been many, I'll be perfectly honest, there have been many throughout the season, but to get that first silverware, I hark back to our days. I think that was very important, and it was great to set us on on the uh, on the way to what could have been a historic quadruple you know without getting the first one then the quadruple doesn't even get mentioned so I think that for me was one of the biggest it may not be, be the biggest to other people but I just thought to get that final at Wembley you know the silverware such a colourful final as well I thought it was, it was wonderful it was so much joy and so much yeah. release of yeah. joy and I think it was and we've spoken about this before in the podcast as well I think it was because it was the first occasion as well for the fans to celebrate the league win of course with the players mm. post pandemic yeah. yeah exactly that's, the players that's, could that's, celebrate with the fans that's my point Ragnar yeah. and I, you know, we mentioned on a couple of podcasts before and again I'll repeat I feel this football club is suffered more than any other football club to the lack of fans in the stadium I really do because again you started off by saying the 12th man we all know and we all appreciate how important this set of fans are to this squad of players and to this football club and that's never been any different and even more so now and as I say when we had two and a half years where we couldn't really get together and enjoy that to get see the joy in everybody's face after winning the pit, the first piece of silverware, start us on the quest for the, the historic quadruple. I think it was terrific. And we only <coughs> lost me. two games in the whole season. Mm. And that's fair enough. I mean, we even lost one less game than City did, but it was the draws, the, the horrendous draws that stole the silverware away from us. Um, we drew against City twice, which is fair enough. We drew against Tottenham twice, and I'm I'm thinking and that Chelsea oh, twice and Chelsea twice as well. Brentford, Brighton, mm, Brighton. Um, where did you think? Because I keep nagging on on that Tottenham home, which is a little bit unfair. Because you know it's not bad to play to to play uh, to draw against Tottenham at home. It was probably earlier in the season, don't you think? We should have had just one more goal somewhere along the line. Yeah. I think you. I think you look at all those draws and and see reasons why it could have been different, um, but then you would have had an almost perfect, an almost perfect season. Um, you know, the games against City were were were, were strange, and the, and the games equally against. Well, all of those all those eight games, I, I could think of instances where a, a, a slight change, um, a bit of. Um, Better application, maybe, or good fortune, would have would have, would have made all those games sort of winnable. Uh, we were in we were in, you know, pretty much in winnable situations in in all of them, I think. Uh, but I think that's football, uh, David. I think that's football. Oh yeah, of course what, what, it is. Yeah. What, what, what I will hop back to, and if you don't mind me, is again, it wasn't even our game. It was Everton against City, because mm. mm. I think the football is football. You get draws, teams come and do well. That decision on that day was totally inexplicable to me. It really was, honestly, and and they, they don't. We talk about God. They don't get the points that, that they could have got or the points. You know, for for me, which whatever the differential was, mm. I mean, that decision, you didn't even need VAR, mm. and yet we had VAR, and I still didn't sort the decision out. 
So for me, mm. I, I, f- football, like you can come up against teams who, who you know, who make it difficult for you. And it, there's always been that, that and we can, you can complain about the fact that we could have scored in one more goal or one more point. But that's football. But what, what for me is totally inexplicable. And I still, I still look at it to this day. I'm still talking about it now. I don't understand that decision, whether with VAR or without VAR. Everyone in the football stadium could see the handball, and you only had to look at the guys, the guys, the guys' reaction, the City guys' reaction after that. He missed kicked the ball anyway, and his own teammate come up to him, sort of saying, "What have you done? What have you done?" And we're waiting for the referees to give a penalty, and he didn't do it. Again, again, it all it all falls into the thing of football. That's the way it goes. Some decisions go with you, some don't. Um, the, the the ramifications though of that of that event. I mean, it could have made Everton's season much more comfortable than than Correct. it turned out. Correct. Um, and I think you get this issue about you know what happens when they make big you know mistakes happen. And it's all and it's always happened. Obviously, we were led to believe that VAR would perhaps put pay to yeah, to mistakes at these levels. Yeah, what is the what is the point? Because VAR is taking the momentum and the joy and the excitement mm. out of the game anyway. So at least yeah. it should counter uh, horrendous decisions like that that can actually exactly. Lead I'd rather change. I'd rather go back to the old decision of uh, you, you go away and you're you you argue in the pub whether whether the decision yeah, 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 was yeah. right because the VAR is just over. Overemphasize now uh, mistakes and, David, and, and created a greater frustration of, course, why, and, and, of the explanation. And you can't even enjoy the, the, the goal when you score the goal. Mm. But as I said before, you didn't need VAR for that. No. You, you did not need VAR. Anybody, even people who don't understand mm. football, you did not need VAR for that decision. And the referee mm. was in a fantastic position to see the handball. Mm. And, and we have all kinds of different interpretations of the handball rule, sleeve lines. I, I don't know what, what, it, what it is anymore. But for me, for me, you did not need VAR for that particular incident. It was a, a penalty. And as you say, that ramifications far reaching. It could have made Everton's survival a lot easier, a lot earlier. Mm. Yeah, but one thing for sure, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it would peg City back as well. Mm. You know, and I'm sorry, you know, when, when we go on about draws and whatever, I get that, right? I do get that, but that's football. I didn't think that was football that day. That was, for me, it was a totally inexplicable decision. Yeah. It really was. When we look back at this season, who is your man of the season and why? Ooh, well, different stages of the, the season, you know, players um, really stepped up to the up to the mark. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the most consistent player for me was uh, Alisson. Uh, I, I can't help thinking that Alisson was uh, were, from the start of the season. I think he had a couple of, I think he had a couple of mistakes in his mind from the season, previous season, and I just thought from the outset. He looked really, really determined in the early stage of the season that you know it was going to, you know, things weren't going to get past him very easily. Uh, I know he he still makes a, the odd mistake, but who doesn't? Um, but I love Allison. His presence is just um, so reassuring for the most part. Um, and for me, if I, if I thought of anybody over over sixty games, um, you know, I'd be I'd be looking towards him. I, I agree totally in as much as that it went through phases certain phases of the season certain blocks of games in the season certain people stepped to the fore certain players stepped to the fore but it's quite strange I've got to be honest and again it doesn't sound as I'm being um, patronising I think the player this year has been Jürgen Klopp yeah I think it's been Klopp because I think throughout I think he's got his decisions right I think his, his manner has been right his, his 
pre and post match comments, press comments have been fantastic. I think he's been an inspiration to everybody. So for me, in total agreement with what Davey said, I think it's, it's a team game. It's difficult to go to one player. I think certain players stepped stepped up to the plays at certain stages throughout the season. But I think Klopp has been constant throughout. And I think he's been the man of the season for Liverpool Football Club. I certainly think he was the major signing of the season, for sure. To get him to sign again, I think has been fantastic for everybody at the football club. And again, I hope it doesn't sound glib when I say that, but for me, I think, I think Klopp has been the man of the season for Liverpool. And him uh, signing for longer was the best moment of the season for me personally. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about Salah's uh, renewal of the contract, and now it can look like in the shadows of that, Mane is disappearing. If we first compare those two to the team, who brings the most um, to the table of Mane and Salah, and especially if you look in the, in the near future as well? I think it's difficult to say which one has it, but I think for me. Over the course of the season, I think actually, believe it or not, I think I think Manny has produced more over the whole season than what Mo has. And I mean that may sound controversial, but I think since the African Nations, I think he's been a, he hasn't been himself. I don't think he's been the same player. He's still been a good player. Don't get me wrong. You mean Salah now? Yeah, I think yeah, Mo, Mo Salah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think Manny, I think has been throughout the season has been. Um, I, think, I think Sadio has been terrific. I really do, and I think I think I don't want to lose either of them. And it'll be a massive loss to to the football club if, if Sadio goes. Um, and as I say, Mo, Mo will have to step more up to the to the plate again. Um, but I honestly believe that since the African Nation, I think Mo, Mo Salah has been affected more than what Sadio has. And I think uh, I think Sadio has been the more effective player for Liverpool in the the latter part of the season. Yeah, I'm a great uh, Manny fan. Um, and when people have criticised Manny in the past, I think the one thing that there's always um, convinced me of Manny's qualities is if, he, if, if the days are you know if he's having a bad day he, he, he keeps going and going and, and often you know his luck will turn towards the end of the game or he'll produce a bit of magic or something like that I'm really I'm a bit uh, disappointed very disappointed to see yeah. Manny yeah. look like he's going to go because to all, for all intents and purposes I think it, it looks like he's uh, mm. he, he's on his way I mean Bayern are, are offering certain deals um, sort of kind of daily at the moment so there's a there's a definitely a firm interest there I think probably he's already agreed a, a contract with, with, with Bayern Munich so I think it only needs I do really feel it only needs a sort of an agreement from Liverpool's point of view on on what the value is, but he'll be he'll be sorely missed. But yeah. like all like all you know players, um, uh, they come and go, and um, you know I mean seeing people like you know Roger Hunt going in the past and Kevin Keegan and mm. Dalglish and uh, whoever. There's always a replacement around the corner. There's always and Liverpool's recruitment is, is very yeah. well regarded as being one of the best in Europe. So I think I think they will recruit well. But to, to answer your point, <coughs> I think it's just I I wouldn't want either of them to go. No. I think they're both being fantastic, fantastic for Liverpool Football Club. Uh, but I think David right. It seems inevitable that says who's going to go, and, and I'm disappointed and, and upset and sad to see him go. Because as I say, I'd like to keep to keep them both because they've done fant- both of them. When I say both of them, they've done fantastic for this football club. But do you think uh, behind the scenes there's been a much more Intense rivalry between them. Then we've we've seen snippets of it uh, on the pitch. But do you think Salah's sort of ego in terms of of the contract and all the worship and the begging from the fans 
taken something away from, from uh, Monet? Do you think we've forgotten a little bit and taken him a little bit for granted in this sala worship? Well, I think not from a fan's point of view. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, failing in, in, in worship. I, I think they love Manny. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, whenever, he, whenever, whenever he scores, he, he, he's, as, he's adored as, as anybody. I think that the, the club might be, you know, I don't know whether or not they've, been, uh, they've acted quick enough to, 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 to get him committed, uh, allowing the, the contract to get us... Um, you know these days that if players get in view, you know they get in sight of their uh, the, the drawdown of their contract, then opinions begin to change. You know there are different uh, influences on them on them to to, to say, you know where where once they were settled and what have you. Once they get around that last year or so of their contract, it it's it, it does bring about sort of uh, a you know a shroud of. Um, of doubt, what's happening behind the scenes? You know, what what's going through the players? You know, players' minds. It's it's, it's an intriguing it's an intriguing time um, uh, when when players uh, contracts are coming up for renewal, and then there are all kinds of influences that that we're completely you know we're not really party to. Mm. You know, different reasons why all of a sudden from being settled and looking like the piece of the furniture forever and a day, uh, you know, different things then become a talking point. Sammy, from a coaching point of view, when a player has started indicating they're ready to leave, is that when a club just goes, like a club like Liverpool just goes, well then go. If you don't want to stay with us, if you don't have your loyalty, go. Well, I think it's easier said than done, that, Ragnar, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not too sure Sadio has come out with that. No. I think I think in the, um, in the week previously, we wait till after the Champions League final, even up until the... Last moment, he said, waiting until after that. And there was no, I don't think there was any difference in, in his approach to the game. So I don't think, I don't think it had too much of an effect on his performances because, as I said before, I think his performance levels have been very, very consistent throughout the course of the season. But I think, as Davey said before, what we're not aware of, what goes on behind the scenes, you'd have agents, you'd have... You know, people who are intermediate who are trying to negotiate the the, the deal in, in in the background. You know, so all that things going on in the back. But I rather hope that Liverpool have done their utmost to keep them. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they will have. You yeah. know, but at the end of the day, sometimes what happens is is that when someone's mind gets made up, whether it be by outside influences or not, then it's difficult to change them. But I, I honestly hope, and I believe they will have done. I think Liverpool have done as much as they can to 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 keep both of them. You know, um, and as Davy alluded to before, I think that this football club were one of the best at doing that. But maybe, maybe his mind was already made up. Maybe his agent had already uh, made such a big play for it, and things have been going on behind the scenes which we're not privy to. That basically turned out that the the, the course was already charted for them to um, to leave once the once the season ended. So Holland, uh, the great Norwegian youngster that we're so proud of in Norway, obviously. Mm -hmm went to City, which was a bit of a disappointment, really. Um, a massive signing for City, though. Uh, and Holland gave all his teammates a Rolex before he left. <laughs> which is, you know, it is what it is. But um, <laughs> do you think we have uh, a big signing in the pipeline as well? I'd like to think so. Um, We've signed Cavallo, young uh, star, uh, and he gets great uh, reviews. Any, anyone who's seen any snippets of Cavallo playing for Fulham, I think uh, we've got a lot to look. We've got a lot to look forward to in 
in him. But what's been key with with Liverpool down recent years, I think, is the the speed and and how well they've conducted themselves in in, in transfer negotiations. Mm. <clears throat> That's going back to the old days, really, yeah. when when yeah. when you read about signings more often than not after they'd been done, mm. rather than all have all the speculation. So I'm sure there's been plenty going on behind the scenes. I think we all appreciate that Liverpool do, do need a little bit of refreshing in, in one or two areas, uh, linked with one or two home-based players, which I think is, um, which is always good, I think, to have players who uh, you know, have grown up in a, in a British environment. I think is, 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 you know, it's, a, it's a big part of the makeup in, in, a, in a team, particularly like Liverpool. But um, no, I think there's, I sense there's, there's, a, there's a big one uh, up their sleeve. Um, I mean, if you believe the, the the paper speculation, I mean, Nunes is very much mm. in the in yeah. the in the running. I'm, personally, I would be I would be really excited to see Darwin Nunes come into into a Liverpool team uh, currently. Uh, I think that the, his style of game, I think, w- w- would suit us. I, I think um, he's a genuine goal scorer as well. I think a couple of seasons ago, Luis Suarez said, you know, that, you know, this kid is is, mm. is really one to one to watch and, and his development has been superb so love to I'd love to uh, I'd love to see Darwin Nunes come into Liverpool if we're going to lose uh, Manny which as I say looks looks pretty pretty assured uh, he, he would be he would be an interesting uh, replacement I, I agree totally with everything what Davey said I think at the end of every season going into your new season every team needs refreshing every team uh, if only for the boys who are already in the dressing room, they like to see new faces, fresh faces, fresh competition. But when we when it looks like we're losing people, we certainly need to bring people in. And again, I totally agree with Dave. The good thing about Liverpool and their recruitment is they do it in a very discreet manner. You don't read about it all the time in the papers. You know, there's not a lot of speculation. More often than not, it's done before, which is great. And I, I hope they continue with that. And I hope, yeah, we'll have a, a marquee signing which we can introduce to the to the public before very long. Do you have a dream signing other than the one David just said? Do you have any anyone else you'd like to see in? Well, I've got. I said. I said before we've had ours with Klopp. You know, yeah. again, I have <laughs> yeah. to say to you, you know, and again, it's not going to be repeating. You know, because at the end of the day, for me, that's the major one. They're going to be linked with a lot of players. You know, a lot of good players. You said you missed one Ireland out. Ireland will find it difficult and different in in this Premier League because it's totally different to any other league. He's a terrific young player, as we know. Uh, but we yet to see how he, he performs on the on the Premier stage. But there are a number of players. Um, the lad we brought in, yes, I think what what a, what a fantastic addition he's been. Which you know, I don't think anybody could have believed that he'd, he'd hit the ground running as quickly mm-hmm. as what he did, which is superb for Liverpool Football Club. And he'll come back bigger and stronger next year. You know, you know, Thiago. I have to say to you again, another another season under his belt for me. Will, will, he ended up being one of the best, you know, players of at the end on the end of the season. And I think once again going into the new season, if he stays injury free, I think and stays fit and healthy, then I think you know he'll be a fan again. Another fantastic, if you like, in quotation marks, new sign for Liverpool Football Club. But I think, as I said before, the main thing for me is getting the man behind the team. And he's got his team, which he's made sure they were looked after. They were signed on. They were their contract renewed. So when they, the team behind the team go into the new season, the, the team we're actually on the pitch will be best prepared. And again, I, I repeat, forgive me, Jurgen was our best signing. And everybody wants to play for Jurgen. Who doesn't want to play for Jurgen? If you are 
a footballer right now who does not want to play for him because he just seems to be the best the best man to play for. Um, Trent has been incredible again this season. I'm thinking 23-year-old local lad. He's played in three Champions League finals, <laughs> won the league and almost won it again this, this season. And it's just uh, back on, on the horse, uh, assisting like a king. Actually behind Salah this season, which um, is the one who got the most assists. But... We do need, don't you think, uh, a replacement on, on Trent's side when if he gets injured. He's been very consistent, but, you know, we should have someone probably on the right wing. Sorry, right back. Well, Gomez is there, and whether or not Gomez is, um, is going to stay remains a little bit of a question mark. But um, he, he does a great job for Liverpool, more so in a, in a, in a defensive way, I think. I think he's very solid. Uh, as, as a defender whether or not he, he prefers to play right back I suspect not I think he, he sees his career going forward as a centre back as a, as a centre back which is may, maybe create a little bit of doubt whether or not he is he is going to be here long term but you know you know, we've got to give credit to, to the manager and his staff that they, they know that there's you know players need uh, replacements and that was has been a big feature of, of this season we've already said that, uh, that the, the squad has been really strong in the early part Robertson mm. uh, and Simicast shared the uh, the left back role um, so yeah I think um, I think pretty Liverpool are not not uh, not so bad off for for replacements in in most positions. So they they you know if you if you believe the the, the, the talk they're heavily uh, got that position under review. Uh, that that there will be a a stand in for for uh, Alexander Arnold. But um, I don't think we should doubt that that you know is. Uh, it, it is, uh, you know, it is one of the things of Liverpool at the, at the moment. They, they they are good at um, at, at keeping the, the, the squad up to up to scratch. And I think I think because they go for every competition, just being proven this season, they go for every competition, they go for every game in every competition. So they need cover in every position, not just right back, but every position. And I think again, the people behind the scenes, they'll they'll be making sure that they do have adequate cover and not just cover but quality because as I say to you to come into this side you can't just fill a gap you've got to be able to contribute and contribute on a high level because this team are performing at a high level the highest level in every game in every competition if we look into the near future next season um, how do you guys think the season will pan out will we be able to uh, see just as thrilling of a season uh, as this season is the next season the season we will win the league with the fans? Will we go back to the Champions League final again? What do you think? Um, well, we're Liverpool and um, we, we have to be challenging for, for the Premier League title. Um, that's what the fans expect. I'm, uh, I'm sure the, uh, the squad uh, will come back you know, with the same appetite, certainly the manager will. That's for sure. Mm. Um, and it will it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if there's one or two uh, additions, which I'm fairly certain there will be, um, how they how they match up and and how they make make us um, stronger. I think we'll, we've got to come back stronger. That that's for sure. City will will have that um, 
uh, same frame of mind. Uh, and the fact, as you say, they've yeah. uh, they've signed Lewis. Haaland, yeah, yeah. they've signed uh, Alvarez, who seems, I think, a very very exciting player from South America. We, we're going we're going to have to sort of match them. And um, Tottenham seems to be a club that, that have set their little target a little bit higher. Um, they they must have they must have given uh, Conte some reassurances because they're being linked with some big 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 players. Uh, it'll it'll be good if if, if you know the challenges, you know, shared out among yeah. maybe three or four teams rather than just be a head-to-head with with, with City. I think I think this is when you'll see the strength of Jurgen and his staff, because as as you said before, it was a big disappointment for everybody, you know, not getting the four, particularly after the big build-up. Um, but that's the strength. That's that's where you come. That's where you show your real quality. And I think. This, this guy again I keep on going back to him that's when we'll see the real real top Jürgen because as I say it's it, even if they'd have won the four it'd been difficult because again how do you emulate that but that's where that's where your backroom staff come into their own and I think he, he's got a fantastic start by saying well listen we went for the four we didn't get the four now can we go for the four so for me there's always a target that you can you can attain and reach and it was reachable it was within reach it was within our grasp it really was that quadruple was within our grasp more than I've ever known before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We lost but it by it, one goal. Ex- and ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was there. So I think again, Jürgen, he'll go away. He'll recharge his batteries and his staff, and they'll come back. And he'll, he will have, and they will have this squad of players with a few additions ready to go again. I'm almost certain of it. I'm certain of it. I think um, you know. You 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 think sometimes. It's like climbing the highest of mountains, you know. Is it possible? And I think if you look at the quad quadruple, maybe did seem impossible, but it now looks it's within grasp. There are just a couple of there are just a couple of little things to get over. Liverpool have shown that it's in it's within grasp, and I think now it'll probably of uh, I think it'll put it put it in City's mind. They'll be going. They'll be going for the quadruple. The, the, the quadruple is possible. We, we we've shown it is almost but, but I have to possible. Say, I have to say, and the only, the only team who made it look possible was Liverpool Football Club. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've got to be honest here. That, that for me, that's why my, my, my starting discussion for the lads when you come back. Well, listen, you were so close. You really were so close to an historic quadruple, but it can be done. And this this squad of players can do it. We said before, and just leading up to it, we were asked the question: Do you think you could do it? If you remember the week leading up, we had a couple of couple of Q and A's, and I said, "Well, if any team can do it, it's this team," and I firmly believe that. And as you saw, like you said, we were just one goal away in both games. So for me, it is achievable. They didn't achieve it, so that's their target. And that for me would be how they start off the next season by saying, "This is what we're going for." Well, I just have to ask you, Sammy. Will we see you back in the Premier League with Sam Allardyce anytime soon? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. You know, you're talking Neil Dam as what? <laughs> I'm not too sure to be honest. As his assistant, I really wouldn't know because I don't know which way, which avenue, which what someone to do at this moment in time. Um, we we need to sit down and find out whether it's about opportunities as well. You know, there's there's not a lot of opportunities for 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 us to to step into, but I'd certainly love to because it's what I love doing more than anything, anything. But again, there's not that many opportunities around and. It's become, it seems to be becoming a, more of a younger man's game now as well. I mean, none of us are getting any younger, Dave, are we? You know, no, so no. I think, um, I think with, with each passing day, it, it's become more and more difficult. But never say never, and I'd love to go again. And, and I just hope Sam would love to go again. Hmm. 
I also want to sum up the, the season from Hotel Tia's point of view. It's been... Uh, what a season it has been, because it, we started off here, it was a difficult start, you know, after COVID, we've, we've struggled to get back on the horse. Um, and uh, as the season went on, and uh, we had a new strain of, of a new variant of COVID when we were just about to normalize things with full capacity again in November, then we had Omicron hit. And then after that, you know, after Christmas, we've had such a great time here. We, we've been packed. We do pre-match pre uh, events with Meals and Legends every, every uh, Premier League game and, and most um, Champions League games. And if you haven't been yet, you've got to come in to the Players' Lounge. But you have to, you have to be quick, because I think they will sell quick this, this year when, when we are back at full capacity. Um, so as soon as the fixture list is out, you have to actually go into Hotel Tia's webpage, hoteltia.co.uk, and, and grab your opportunity to come to one of our pre-matches. Um, and also, uh, this, this season, we will be doing... Um, Friday nights at Hotel Tia. We'll do some great events here Friday nights as well. So, so go into our webpage as soon as, soon as, as the next season's panned out in the middle of June and we um, will let you know what's going on at Hotel Tia. But I would just like to take this opportunity to thank every single one who's been in and supported us this season on our climb back up on the horse again. Uh, it's been great fun and it just makes me warm in my heart to think about all the incredible days and nights we've had in, in this magnificent uh, little gem of a place right by Anfield Stadium. Finally, guys, I just want to touch on the parade. We just lost the Champions League, we just lost the league, and then the city is colored red with half a million people, they say, turning up along from Allerton along Queen's Drive all the way to the city centre. What does that tell you guys? Yeah, fantastic. The turnout was uh, probably more than the, 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 the players could have envisaged, I think. Uh, there was a little flatness about the the day after uh, losing the Champions League final. And... Um, you know, maybe in the in the in the back of their minds, they had this thing. Well, you know, w would it be worth having the uh, the bus tour? But um, nobody could have uh, failed to have been impressed. Um, one or two other clubs have tried uh, bus parades in the uh, in, in recent months, and nothing ever uh, comes up to what Liverpool can produce on the, on days like that. And uh, a lot of love, a lot of uh, reassurance that uh, the support is unforgiving and continuous. And um, yeah, I, th I think for any player that w was in doubt about uh, how much uh, you know passion there is for LFC, mm. then uh, th that day was you know that 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 just sort of convinced everybody that uh, yeah the, the city want them to go again. I'd have to say to you, I was in no way surprised, no way at all surprised. You know. They weren't allowed to celebrate them winning the Premiership. You know, they've been that, that taken away from them. And I just said, for me, if anyone's surprised, I, I, I don't know why. Because they, this, this, this city this city really, really loves the football. And let's be I have to say to you on both sides of it as well, but I knew full well that when Liverpool were coming back, they announced there was going to be a parade. You knew that the, the streets, the roads were going to be just completely... Over, over, overblown with Liverpool supporters in the sea of red, and again, it was no surprise to me. Ragnar really was not. I was, I was overjoyed to see it because, as David so rightly said, it, it's easy when you're winning things, you know. 
but to show the love and the support when you the disappointment of not having won the Champions League, not having won the quadruple. If there was any doubt at all, which there shouldn't have been, but if there was, then that was certainly dispelled by the numbers that went out onto the streets that, that, that on, on that Sunday. It was terrific. It was it was a joy, it really was. That was our jubilee, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> it definitely was. Dear Samuli and David Fairclough, thank you so much for your time. And dearest Liverpool Football Club, thank you so much for a fiery season we will never forget. And thank you all our listeners and viewers for following us. And, and please remember to follow us or subscribe or whatever it's called on the platform you <laughs> listen to this or watch this. Uh, because we will, after a couple of more podcasts, have a little summer break. And then you will know and be noticed as soon as we are back for the new season. So thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.